what is going on Colts fans and as I should really I should say welcome back to a brand new episode of our debut podcast now the hosts are the same but the name has changed Alex Rondo Griffin Anthony Gulick your usual host but you notice the name change that's right we are now first and 56 and Anobis Colts podcast brought to you by the Blue Stable we have jumped ship signed on with a new team so i mean anthony first things first obviously we you know we've been in the we've been in this game now for a year and a half now but changing size you know joining the blue stable how do you feel about the move so far you know what can our fans and our loyal listeners expect with the name change yeah man first off i just want to say i'm super excited to be a part of the blue stable now with uh, me and my guy rondo and you know i think i think uh you, you know our loyal listeners they should um uh, expect you know same great stuff from us um just you know different name different networks so um i'm i'm really excited to be a part of this new journey and uh, i'm just super excited yeah definitely you know i think you put it greatly just because the name has changed doesn't mean our contact has changed if anything it's going to be better and ever than before and we've got more stuff on the way obviously as we get in, kick it into this season bigger and better things on the horizon but with that talking new season, talking new acquisition, it makes nothing but enough sense to talk about the draft, which obviously, Anthony, I'm sure you scouring Twitter and myself as well, we understood, and we were right there with you guys, Colts fans, of the, uh, I guess I'll use the word annoyance of Chris Ballard's lack of really attacking free agency, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit because there was one move he made that I'm sure we both love, but let's talk this draft, you know, obviously the scrutiny of not having a first round pick, what was Ballard going to do now you and I know that Ballard's money round has been the second round, but so let's jump right into it and let's talk about it because with our first pick in the 2022 draft, Ballard, first things first, he trades down about nine picks with the Vikings, but still gets his guys. So, Anthony, we're going to talk about the first pick joining the Colts, Cincinnati receiver Alec Pierce. Yeah, our first pick, Alec Pierce, man. Um, he's a guy I was, you know, really eyeing throughout the draft process. You know, I'm sure you as well as me. I did my um, I did my little like uh, draft simulator mock drafts, like on the PFF website and the uh, the Pro Football Network website, all that, and you know, a lot of mock drafts had this kid fallen to our second pick, which was um, 73, I believe. And I was thinking my, my, my whole time, there's no way this kid Pierce falls to 73. And I thought it was like a really, really good play to trade down and still be able to get your guy. And I was really excited with the move. Um, expectations, you know, I haven't said any yet, but... Um, I'm I'm really excited about Pierce, man. I really like watch his highlights, watch his film. I just see literally a young Jordy Nelson, man. And you know, I wa- I watch a lot of Packers football because there are people in my family who do like the Packers. And you know, Jordy Nelson ended up being a really good player. And I feel like Pierce can be a really good player. I feel like he fits well with Michael Pittman. So uh, I was really um, excited with the pick and and uh, the, uh, the the move to trade down and still getting our guy. Yeah, definitely, you know, and you kind of hit on, you know, obviously playing with draft simulators, but getting, but more importantly, it was getting a receiver, you know, and, and that was the thing you and I, before we went into the offseason, we harped that you've got to get someone opposite of Michael Pittman, because again, love and respect them, but when Ashton Doolin and Zach Pascal are getting wide receiver two snaps, you're in trouble, and that should not be happening. Not to mention the fact that Pittman leads the team in the receiver and goes over a thousand. 
After that, your next leading receiver had 300 yards. That huge discrepancy cannot happen for any successful football team. Yes, I understand Jonathan Taylor's amazing in the backfield, but still, you need weapons. You need to get it done. Obviously, you know, Carson Wentz, love him, hate him. We, we can debate that till the end of the earth. But that being said, he, he had Pittman and no one else. So getting a guy, young guy, Alec Pierce, the perfect prototype to really go opposite of Michael Pittman, you know, and you mentioned that he was a guy who was slated to fall down to our sec- to our later pick in the second round at 73. For me, I, if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm not that big of a college guy. You know, I, I'll look into it a little bit before the draft, but the guy I was eyeing was Christian Watson, you know, and he kept falling, and I was thinking we were going to grab him. As I said in the offseason, the guy I wanted was DJ Chark. I felt that Christian Watson was essentially a DJ Chark clone, 6'4", runs a 4'3", big hands, over the top, takes speed off the defense. Great, but again, I'm forever going to lean on the football guys. And you know, Ballard said they said early on that Alec Pierce was their guy for a long time. Playing Jedi mind tricks, going to the Cincinnati Pro Day, thinking everyone's looking at the quarterback when in actuality that's the guy they were looking at. And like you mentioned, trades down and still gets him. We've said Ballard's a wizard in the second round. And Anthony, I'll ask you, you know, segueing to this. I'm not sure if you watch the the Colts draft series, but. Alec Pierce was a big guy they wanted, but let's jump into the pick right after him that we took later on, Jelani Woods, big tight end. Yeah, man, that's another pick that I wanted to get into at some point today, man. Jelani Woods, big tight end. I think that he's going to be really, really good. Maybe not in in year one, but honestly, he could be he could be a guy that could be a top five tight end in this league, and I I you know don't understate that at all. I think that Jelani Woods has huge potential. You know, Mo Alley Cox, we always, you know, call him Big Mo. He's bigger than that dude. Like he's six foot seven, two hundred and fifty nine pounds. Like the dude is crazy athletic. You know, you know, and um you look at the cons with him, like with, with like the draft profiles and stuff like that. They said like, you know, that like his his route running is not there yet. But for example, if you look at his highlights and his tape like his route running is already better than Mo Alley Cox and this guy is still getting better he's a a former quarterback who switched positions so he's he's still learning like you know how to play tight end and he's and he's still getting better and with all of his intangibles I think he's going to be a great fit in this offense and this is a similar situation to you know, a few years ago, because I did watch uh, the uh, uh, the uh, Colts draft series, the Colts tend to just eye certain guys, and they ended up getting them all. So, so I remember back a few years ago, they were eyeing Bobby Okereke, and it might have been Ben Banigou at, at at the time, and I think that they wanted them both, and they ended up getting them both. This is a situation here where they can where, where they pull up the uh, conversations where they wanted both Woods and Pierce. But they had no idea that they were going to get both. And I think they're both a great fits for our offense. And I, I just think that, that that was a great pick for us. Yeah, definitely. No. And like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm really not a big college guy. I don't look into it much. But, you know, Jelani Woods, obviously another guy that Reich, Ballard, and staff were huge on, excited about. And, and for me, obviously after the draft, I, I saw one clip of Jelani Woods, a quick YouTube clip, catches a quick little five-yard out, proceeds to – go yak-tastic for 30 more yards, including an amazing juke move for a guy that you mentioned. He's barely more like 6'8", 250, but he can move. 
So, you know, and, and the joke has been that hey, he steps in day one, he's tight end number one. Maybe not so much of a joke. I mean, the, the tight end number one position is open. Obviously, Jack Doyle calling it calling it quits, calling it a career. So any one of those guys, Granson, Jelani Moali, tight end one is there for the taking. And by all means, if it's going to be the big man out of Virginia, that's a lot to get excited about. Not to mention, obviously, you mentioned the size. It, if you look at it, Anthony, the Colts could potentially, on offense, throw out a package where the shortest man on the field is 6'4". And obviously, you know, we're talking football here, but that's absolutely crazy. Not to mention the fact that the average defensive, the average corner in the league is 5'10". So talk about a jump ball, just throw it up and get it. With Matt Ryan under center, again, uh, and we know how Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback, getting the ball in positions to guys he wants to throw to. So it there's a lot of huge potential for this very young offense with the Matt Ryan. But as we're scrolling down, let's get to another Second round pick, which, or sorry, excuse me, third round pick. And now with this guy, this was interesting because I, again, I don't watch much college, but I knew about him. I'm talking about Central Michigan offensive tackle Bernard Raymond. You get him in the third round when this man coming into the draft had a first round grade. Anthony, one, how do you let a guy fall like that? But then, two, as we know and we're aware of, left tackle has been a problem ever since Costanzo left. We re-signed Matt Pryor. He's, you know, in pencil a day one starter. But Raymond's a pretty good player who could take that spot for him. What do you think? Yeah, I think that Raymond could come in day one and be a starter. Um, I think that um, a lot of Colts fans, because they didn't go out and sign a left tackle, they're under the impression that Matt Pryor was going to be that guy. I think that, you know, they, they didn't sign Matt Pryor to a big deal. So I think that's going to be Raymond versus Pryor in camp. But like I said, I think that Raymond can be a day one starter. Um, you know, guys every year, they get, you know, passed on. And there's guys who, you know, jump the, you know, they get overdrafted. Like like at New England, they, they drafted that guard from a small school in the first round. And he was projected to go, like, say, in the third or fourth round. You know, like you said as well. I don't watch too much like college football, but this guy did have a first round grade. Uh, he's a former tight end who switched to offensive line, so he's also, you know, still learning the position. He's all and he's only getting better. Um, and I think that he could be a real, you know, franchise cornerstone there at left tackle. And you know, we've we haven't had that much luck with 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 Eric Fisher, but I think that he's going to come in and be better than uh, than Eric Fisher was, and I think that he'll be. Uh, a really good player in the future for us. Yeah, you know, I can definitely agree with that. And not to mention, obviously, bring up Eric Fisher. Again, not to kick him while he's down. Obviously, he came in initially. You and I, you and I were on board with the move. We thought it would work out. Obviously, ultimately didn't. I, I think you could make the argument that he still wasn't over his injuries. But as I said, during last season with the Julian Davenports and the Sam Tebbies of the world, because of what we've dealt with, the bar is very low. Ryman, I'm not. He doesn't need to come in, you know, and be a Jonathan Ogden, a Joe Thomas, or even a Costanzo. But if he can merely just hold his own and at least be decent, we will absolutely take it. Not to mention, as we also said, playing next to number 56 has got to make your life a little easier when when playing that blindside tackle position. But rounding off day two of drafting which is another guy where the rare trade up for Chris Ballard, which has got to tell you that if he's moving up to grab somebody, it's got to be something serious. And I'm 
obviously I'm talking about Maryland safety Nick Cross, where the entire draft room of the Colts, if you were to ask pure excitement, and thankfully some of our colleagues at the Blue Stable were able to speak with one of the head recruits of the one of the head college recruits of the Colts. They said that Nick Cross, safety of the Maryland, was the guy that they were the most excited to get. So moving up, including trading a third round for next year to grab him. Anthony, they say Nick Cross is something serious. I mean, we don't see Ballard trade up much. So clearly you you got to expect something big out of him, right? Yeah, I think that uh, you know Nick Cross is going to be really good. And you're right, Chris Ballard never really trades trades up much um, to get guys and Nick Cross, I've 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 heard that he's a guy, you know, he's he's pretty raw right now, which is why he he fell to the end of the third round. But he's a guy who they see if he would have stayed in school, he would have been a first round pick next year. And you know, I'm I'm very surprised that Ballard's drafting um, approach this year because usually they go for you know more polished guys that you know aren't as athletic or aren't you know as talented. But here in this draft, like especially with the pick of Nick Cross, you see that they're going after guys who are athletic. He's the fastest safety in the draft. And, um, you know, he's on the more raw side, but they want to turn him into a great player with coaching. So I really liked, you know, his his draft strategy this year. Um, He kind of went away from what he did in years past. But um, I think Nick Cross is going to be really good um, as well. And they're really excited to get him. and you know his game kind of models off of Kari Willis, and if you and if you think about it, Kari Willis is in a contract year, so if they're banking on him on being, say, a first round talent next year, let's just say we don't resign Kari Willis in the off season, Nick Cross is there. So you know, you know, Ballard is always playing chess and not checkers out here. And I'm 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 just gonna trust him, and I'm gonna hope that uh, these guys pan out. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you, know, you mentioned Kari Willis in the contract year. It's definitely something important, something you got to pay attention to. Not to mention, and who knows, maybe that was more an Eberflus thing. Obviously, we'll see how cha- things change in Gus Johnson. But we did run a lot of three safety sets. So I, I think it might not be either own possibility to see Cross, Blackman, and Willis on the field at the same time. But, you know, like you said, regardless, obviously, the stats excited about him. Bowler trading up to grab him. No doubt we've got to be excited about him as well. You know, and as you mentioned, that's a guy where if he comes out next year, he, he's probably gone in the first round. So to get that guy late in the third round, you know, he probably shouldn't have no business being down there. It's absolutely amazing. You know, you go back to the Colts and them talking. The fact that, as they said, that all four guys that they wanted – and they were thinking they would they would at the at max at best get two to get all four. If they're excited, we should be excited, and it looks like we're in for good things with the Colts. So let's jump to day three. You know, we're not gonna harp on it too much again with the day three picks. As I've always said, I think that's kind of where it's your dart throws. You know, if they can give you something great, but you're not anyone you're drafting here, you're not expecting to come like a full time starter. So, you know, I'm going to run through them real quick. And by all means, Anthony, if there's any guy you want to highlight real quick, by all means, have at it. Go from the fifth round, Missouri State defense tackle Eric Johnson. In the sixth round, taking Andrew Ogletree, tight end out of Youngstown. Sixth round, another Cincinnati boy, defense tackle Curtis Brooks. And the last pick, we take Yale cornerback Rodney Thomas, a second. So, I know, Anthony, you know, you mentioned as well that you're not as much a college guy. But of those four, anyone you know, screaming out to you of, you know, he might be the hidden gem. Um, personally, I'm going to go with one of the defensive tackles here, uh, Curtis Brooks or Eric Johnson. Um, 
Now, Chris Ballard on for on the Eric Johnson side. Well, actually, for both of these guys, um, you know, they're both you know freak athletes at at the defensive tackle, and uh, Ballard loves his his small school guys with Eric Johnson. Um, you know, watch, watching his tape after he got drafted. Um, you know, he has some real some some real um, athleticism, getting off um, getting off the edge and and rushing from inside. So, you know. He could be, he could potentially be a small school guy who comes in um, and makes the roster. And uh, Curtis Brooks, you know, same type of player. You know, he's he's a little undersized, but he um, he has some real like really good athleticism, and he uh, he he did have a good year at Cincinnati. Um, I th- I'm thinking that one of these guys is going to uh, make the team because of the departure of Taylor Stallworth, and there's going to be a need for a backup three tech. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be one of these guys that makes a team. I'm not really too high on the other two. Uh, Ronnie Thomas and Drew Ogletree, but um, I'm I'm thinking that one of these uh, D tackles are going to make the roster. Yeah, you know I, I can definitely agree with that. And not to mention, obviously, when talking just I guess position group or position area, Ballard's talked about love in the trenches. He said that he said football's one in the trenches. So him taking two defensive tackles, and like you mentioned, you need a guy to back up Big Grove. You didn't resign Taylor Stallworth. So again, there there's a hole there. There's a place for these guys. Obviously, they're going to start to earn it. But definitely, you know, as, as you mentioned, I, you can see them making the team. You can see them obviously, hopefully, giving some significant snaps when called upon. And again, like I said, you know, being a day three pick by all means, obviously, it's an important day for these guys. That's what they've lived up for, getting drafted, being officially an NFL player. But, you know, they're going to have to work for it. So obviously, you know, you mentioned the two defensive tackles. I guess I'll highlight the guy that I was, I would say, peaking from this group. That's going to be Rodney Thomas, the last pick in the draft, because we've talked about the lack of depth at the corner position. And obviously there was a big move that Ballard made in the offseason, you know, and we'll definitely, we'll get into that next. But I, I think Rodney Thomas has a, a big chance here to, again, get some significant snaps and obviously earn his spot on the team. You know, we, we saw it last season and we've kind of really seen it in the past, even, and even on past teams. Uh, but Colts, we don't really prioritize the corner position too much. Obviously, Kenny Moe standing out and becoming what he has been has been absolutely amazing. But for the most part, the Colts have always kind of been more rush the passer, strong safeties. But corners, not that much of importance. But I think Rodney Thomas can come in, you know, and be a significant enough backup to maybe even earn some earn some playtime, earn some snaps. And obviously, being drafted that late, being a roster room guy, you've got to be able to contribute on special teams. I think they're definitely viewing him for that. And... Fun fact, when he was drafted, he I guess he mostly played safety at, at Yale, but they announced him as a corner. So he's another guy who's a hybrid, can play between the positions. But the fact that they announced him at corner means they've obviously got a plan for him to be on the outside and help when he can there. So and you know, so we'll leave it at that. So Anthony, so we've we t- went through the draft. We taught we highlighted obviously some of the late round guys that we think could peak or or do something. Now let's get a little negative, not so much a bust. But who in this draft class do you think will just either maybe not make the team, not meet expectations? Who do you have the lowest ceiling or bar on? Honestly, you know, because we weren't picking high, I think that who it's it's really hard to say. I I would say like Drew Ogletree would probably be like the biggest bust, but like that wouldn't even really be a bust for me because he got picked like the fifth or sixth round, but. Like, I really love all our selections this year. Like, this isn't a year where I would really even say, like, there is going to be a, a bust in this draft. And, like, maybe 
maybe say our final pick, Rodney Thomas. But like I said, like he's a he's another late round pick. He was our last pick, so I don't even think maybe he would be a bust. Um, it's, it's it's easy to pick out like say if you have a first round pick that this guy might be a bust because he has the most pressure and the most expectation. But you know we 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 found a lot of our hidden gems in the later rounds and still got great value. So um, I would, I would probably say Andrew Ogletree, but. Really, I just I'm I'm not complaining about this draft, man. I was really actually like really excited. This is you know one of the first times I've been this excited about a draft, and probably like I'd say like two or three years, honestly. Yeah, you know, and I've got to really word for word agree with you. I again, I'm not much of a college guy. I've said that I've probably, I've probably parroted it enough, but really, I I don't think you know, I agree with you. I don't think you can really look at this draft and think of you know oh I've got a question about this guy and ironically enough I agree with you the one guy you did highlight if you had to name one Andrew Ogletree I, I agree with that obviously being the the second tight end we took again he, he's a six round pick so I'm not expecting much looking at the tight end room you know it's I, I would say Grant Samuel Alley and Jelani are, are going to be one two three hey, you can correct me if I'm wrong I don't think we ever carry more than three tight ends on the roster so I, I think it might be safe to say that obviously Ogletree is on the outside looking in you know potentially looking at a cut maybe even a practice squad guy but i've got to agree with you though like this draft class looks very good and obviously paper is great and everything we can't wait to see them get on the field but definitely some high expectations and as always i think ballard hit it out of the park but so with the draft obviously and real quick let's segue into some undrafted guys because anthony i'm sure you're aware the colts have had a streak of 21 straight seasons 21 straight years of an undrafted free agent making the Colts' final roster. Now, I don't have a full list in front of me, but I do have one guy. But, Anthony, I'll pose the question to you real quick. Very early and very early on, if you've got a name, and if you've seen, obviously, the, the guys that the Colts have signed so far under the free agents, does anyone stand out of you of a guy who's going to continue the streak or – is that streak finally going to end this season? Yeah, I've got one guy in mind. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Ryan Van Denmark or Delmark. Um, he's the uh, offensive lineman from UConn. Um, I've seen a lot of his tape before. Um, he's 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 probably a lot to make this roster from the sole fact that um, Chris Reed is gone, and we and, and we would need um, you know another another backup there at right guard. Um, because uh, Danny Pinter is going to be the uh, the right guard next year, and um, you know Julian Davenport's gone. You know, good riddance for that. But um, Glowinski and Chris Reed are gone, um, along with Eric Fisher. So we need some more depth pieces. And right now, Matt Pryor would be the only depth piece we have. So I'm thinking that uh, Van Denmark's going to be the guy that uh, makes this roster to be um, you know a nice quality uh, depth piece. I don't expect him to get a lot of snaps. Um, because hopefully our guys are going to be healthy all year, but I expect to, that he will uh, make the roster to, uh, you know, fill some um, some some holes on the offensive line there. Yeah, reading my mind again because that's literally the guy I have highlighted. Also, you know, so not to use your reasons, I'll just use an extra reason. I just thought it was interesting enough that they they gave him one hundred and seventy five thousand guaranteed. The next highest undrafted free agent of the Colts sign only got 30. I highly doubt you're going to pay someone, pay a guy that much to not make the roster. And obviously, you know, as you mentioned, well, in terms of the O-line, we have no death. You know, Pinter, who was a super sub, he's starting now. Pryor is on track to, is the, is currently 
the left the started at left tackle. You mentioned Lewiski going to the Giants, Chris Reed going, I believe, to went to the Eagles. So we, we really got no backups who can kind of slide anywhere. And and again, that's another guy where you, this guy had a dra- had a third round draft grade. So the fact that he doesn't get selected at all, absolutely unreal, makes no sense. And you know, and the thing you mentioned earlier, which I'll definitely bring up now, I've mentioned how the Colts just went full athletic with this draft, and even with their undrafted free agent guys, this is another guy who scored very highly in terms of his athleticism. So, so clearly Ballard and Co. had had a had an idea in mind to get more athletic, more more mobile when it comes to this team, and especially us being run first. You need backup. You need backup linemen, especially with different packages and whatnot. We mentioned even the potential jumbo package on the outside with the receivers and the tight ends. So, but yeah, obviously we're on the same page here. That's a guy where we'll both, I think, be highly surprised if he doesn't make the final roster. Therefore, keep letting the streak continue. But before we end off this episode, Anthony, let's talk about the one big move that Ballard did make after obviously the you know the Twitter GMs were coming with the pitchforks ready for his head, but. Anthony Ballard locks down Stephen Gillylock Gilmore, top premier corner in the league, former defensive player, a true number one shutdown, which we, which has been a hole, and we need it, especially with Rhodes not coming back. So, Anthony, let's talk about the Gilmore acquisition and what he brings to this defense. Yeah, man, this is probably one of my favorite moves of the offseason, personally, man. Um, I just think that he brings such. Uh, just a security blanket at corner, man. Like it's it's just it's just crazy to think that we got this guy. It's it, you know you 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 named it, man. Like former defensive player of the year, the five time Pro Bowler. You know you would think that you know Ballard he doesn't go after guys like that, but man, like he went out and got him, which is like so surprising to me. And I'm just I'm just so happy that he's a part of the team. And I think that signing him is a real way to know that like we are in a place where we're going to contend this year because last year was an evaluation year and you know people were complaining about Ballard taking his time and not really going in on free agency but it, it was kind of kind of the same approach this year he he stayed patient and waited for his guys to fall into his lap but and, and didn't overspend like, like say, Jacksonville would, but he still went out and got some big-name guys. He went out and got Yannick Ngakwe, who, you know, has his top five in sacks in the NFL over the past five years. You know, you got Stephon Gilmore, who's the former NFL MVP, defensive MVP, and and, and and then you're going out and get Matt Ryan, who's, who's obviously a big name in this league. So I think that this gives us such a security blanket on our defense. He's a great fit, and I'm, I'm just so excited. Yeah, definitely. You know, a thing we've really we've said on this podcast is that this team is defense first. The defense is going to take the charge. It's going to lead the days of the offense kind of just outscoring people's it is over. Defense takes a charge with with Darius Leonard and Co. Obviously, Big Buck ninety nine. But now adding Gilmore, it sets you now where we have three le- We have guys on three different levels who are proven all pros, meaning best at their position league wide. It's definitely exciting. And again, and obviously by all means, Flus is gone, so we're getting a different scheme with this defense. 
But the annoying thing we've said about the cover two is that it doesn't work unless you can't unless you can get to the unless you can get to the quarterback. But even now, we obviously we, we've got Buck up front and get to the quarterback. We've got Leonard, an amazing linebacker. Now we have a true shutdown number one guy. So the days of being tormented by the the Cooper Cups and the AJ Browns of the world. And yeah, I said that name on purpose, you know, get salty. But those days are over. We've got a guy now who can go on there and literally he's done. You're not throwing him the ball. He's out of your offense. Figure out another way. It's exciting times. And I really, I just can't wait. Yeah, man, I just can't wait either, you know. And I I like that you brought up AJ Brown because they can stay mad. But... um, Yeah, yeah, he just he just brings su- such a security blanket, and um, you know, us, us getting dusted by number one receivers every week is just gonna stop, hopefully. And I'm just I'm just so excited, man. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's exciting times ahead, and and by all means, obviously, there's some names you list. You know, Matt Matt Ryan, Yannick Ngakwe. Obviously, we did talk Gilmore here. As for those other guys, we're gonna save that for a another episode because we're gonna end this one off right here but as always can't thank you guys for tuning in and listening it's been a long way i know you guys have been starving but we are back we're gonna be better than ever as always make sure you give us a follow on twitter at first and 56 first spell out f-i-r-s-t and the number 560h first and 56 is the new handle Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. Make sure you're following our friends and our our friends and our leaders, the Blue Stable. Give them a follow on Twitter. Also, give them a follow on YouTube. You're going to catch us on that channel as well in the very new immediate future. But as always, for myself and my co-host, Gulick, and for our friends, the Blue Stable, who we are now a part of, we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for listening. As for now, that's been first and 56. We're going to pick up the chains next weekend. We'll see you next time.